Uh, it's good to see you guys all again today. Uh, great being up here two weeks in a row. Lots of work for me. But it's uh, it's honestly just great to be able to hopefully bless you guys and you know be here with you all. Um, so let's get into our message for today. So it comes from 1 John, and it's chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. And it goes, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how we can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that in this time you would give us the ability, the heart to discern what is from you and what is not from you. And Lord, I pray that in this time that you would bless these words and anything that's not of me, let it fall to the wayside and anything that is of you, just let it touch the hearts of the people here. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So every now and then I'll have someone share a word with me that they receive from God. And honestly, it's really one of my favorite things. You know those times when someone just comes up to you and goes like, oh, I was praying and God told me to share this verse or God told me to share this word with you. I mean, I can't even count the amount of times that someone's done that and I've been so encouraged when it's absolutely hit the mark and it's reminded me of the goodness of God and everything that he's done for me or it's just lifted me up when I've really, really needed it. But if I'm being completely honest, some of those moments when someone comes up to me with the word of God can be some of my least favorite moments ever as well. When I hear what they say and it doesn't align with biblical truth, I find myself in this super awkward sort of situation where the person fully believes that they're hearing from God, but they're kind of going against what God says through the word. Sometimes, to a lesser extreme, they're just saying something that doesn't really make much sense at all. But these situations can be super awkward. I mean, how do you actually tell someone that their message from God isn't actually from God without hurting them or potentially crushing their faith? And I mean that as a genuine question. Like, if you can figure out a way to do that, please tell me because I need to know. But the whole purpose of this verse today is... John telling us that we need to test the spirits of those, we, those that we hear personally and that's spoken through people's mouths because not everything that comes from God comes from God. In fact, John opens this verse with a command to do just that. He says in verse 1, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits and see whether they are from God 
because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What John is telling us here is that every time we receive a word or a teaching, every single time, whether it be directly from God through the Spirit or through words someone like uh, from words from someone else, whether that be preaching of a sermon or a word that they heard from God, we need to test it to see if it's correct. The reason for this need is that spirits that aren't of God love to play themselves off as being from God. They love to pretend to be the word of God. And while their words might sound good, their only goal is to confuse us and to lead us away from Christ. That's why cults and false teachers are able to recruit so many members. These spirits have one goal, and that's to work against God. It's to take people away from the faith. And they can do it very, very well. But this isn't all bad news. Because John's telling us, not just telling us to dismiss everything as a lie from the enemy. Rather, what he's saying is to avoid both extremes. It's not to get into the extremes of superstitions that believe in absolutely everything they're told, and also not to get into the extreme of suspicion which believes in absolutely nothing. We have to find a good middle ground. The whole reason we need to test the spirits isn't to just reject all of them, it's to make sure that we're listening to the right one. We need to listen to God's own spirit, the Holy Spirit. See, while the enemy is whispering lies into our ears, God's Spirit speaks to us the truth, and we need to be able to tell those two things apart. So how do we go about telling the two spirits apart? Well, John gives us a test for that in verse 2 to 3. He says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus Christ has come in the flesh from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Now, at first, this verse seems kind of simple. It seems to say that any spirit that acknowledges Jesus' existence is from God. But there's actually a lot more going on in this verse than that. See, this verse is actually a statement of John's whole Christology. It's his whole belief in who he believes Jesus is and the work that he did here on earth. And it's exactly what we need to believe as followers of Christ. So let's take some time to break down this verse a bit and see what's actually happening here. So when it starts, it says that any spirit that acknowledges Jesus. So the original Greek word for acknowledge here isn't just agreement with the fact. When it's saying acknowledge, it's not saying, yeah, that's true, or, you know, I, I agree with that. It means something that's more like an emphatic declaration of the truth. It's to fully agree with something in your thoughts, your mind, to be absolutely unset and unchanging on the fact that you believe and be willing to declare it to anybody that you know. If the preaching or the word or the spirit doesn't declare Christ with everything, it's already failed the test, and it's not from God. But to be specific, what does it have to declare about Christ? Well, the first thing that John tells us is that 
in this is that Jesus has come in the flesh. So now the word come is very important here because for Jesus to have come, it means he had to exist somewhere prior to that. He couldn't come if he wasn't already around. And we can find the answer to what it means for Jesus to come in John's gospel, in chapter verse, sorry, in chapter one, verse one to five, where he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and that darkness has not overcome it. Now, if we skip down a little bit to verse 14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, what this is telling us is that Jesus has always existed as the Son and creative word of God. Jesus has always been God, but he decided to step down into the world in the flesh. He became 100% human, but he was still 100% God the whole time. John's statement also tells us why Jesus decided to become flesh. Because he came as the Christ, or the Messiah. The Messiah was the expected and prophesied about long ago. The Messiah was the expected saviour who would restore Israel. But God restored the entirety of humanity through Jesus. Through his death on the cross and resurrection, Jesus beat the power of sin and hell forever. So long as a person believes and confesses that Jesus is the Lord and Savior, they can be saved as well. It's not just for Israel, it's for everybody. So even that statement by John seems very simple at first. Every spirit that acknowledges Jesus has come in the flesh from God. What he's actually saying here is that unless the spirit boldly proclaims that with everything that Jesus, the Son, and divine word of God was born in the flesh so that he could die as a sacrifice for our sins and be resurrected to the right hand of God so that through him alone we could be saved from our sin and restored to relationship with God and know him as a Lord and Savior, then the Spirit is not from God. Now that's a bit of a mouthful. I'm sure you can see why John chose to say it the way he did. But that's the absolute reality of what every spirit has to be telling us. If there's telling us something other than that, then it's not from God. If a spirit or a teacher does not point us towards the reality of Christ or following after the true Jesus of the gospel, then simply put, that teacher is, that spirit is not from God. And we have to apply this to everything that we listen to. A preacher if they're not pointing you towards Christ, if they're not confessing that truth, then their message means nothing. It isn't from God. We also have to do that with our own personal revelation. If you receive a word from God and it's not something that's going to lead you to Christ or the person that it's meant for, then it's not from God. Teachings and words from God are good. In fact, they're great. But we need to always be aware of where they're coming from. Because if they aren't coming from God, then they're coming from the Antichrist. Now, 
John gives us in the next three verses a couple different groups. He's, he's looking at a few different groups, and in each of them, he kind of gives us a lesson on how we can discern between these two spirits, between the spirit of God and the spirit of the Antichrist in our own life. So he gives us that statement of faith, but then he also gives us three points that we can use. So the first point is the Holy Spirit leads us towards God and away from lies. That comes from our first group of people he's addressing in verse 4. He says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one in the world. This you he's talking about here is all the readers of the letter. Because if they were sitting there listening to this, then without a doubt, they hadn't been convinced by the false teachers. They remained in the truth regardless of what lies were told, because one who is in them, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the enemy. See, that same Holy Spirit is residing in all of us. The Holy Spirit will always affirm for us the truth of the gospel and lead us away from false teaching. He's constantly with us to lead us towards God. And we need to make sure that the Holy Spirit is the only spirit we are listening to and seek his truth every time we receive a message or a teaching in our life. The second point is that if the world loves the message, then it's not from God's spirit. We get this from verse 5. He says, They are from the world, and therefore they speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. So this group, the they that John is talking about, we actually saw back in chapter 2, verse 19, there were the false teachers who left the church. Now, they were teaching things that went against the truth of the gospel. They tried to shape Jesus into what society thought that he should look like, rather than holding on to the true Jesus. In our modern times, this often shows itself as teaching that are designed to just make us feel good. I mean, I've had a bunch of non-Christian friends who have been invited to one of those churches that do that, and they told me that they loved the teaching. It made them feel really positive about you know, themselves, and when I asked them what they had heard, they mentioned nothing about sin or Jesus. They told me that you know, God wanted to bless them and that they needed to pray and believe that something good would happen. Now, I didn't hear the message myself. But I'm sure I can say that, truly, that the true Christ likely wasn't an important point of the message. He possibly may not have come up in the message at all. Those messages that sound good to the world, but they have no power to change your life because they aren't from God. Teaching that tells us that God wants to bless us in the world, to prosper us, to be healthy and they kind of miss the entire point of the gospel. I mean, it's okay to have a positive feel-good message, but the feel-good feeling should come from the fact that Christ has sacrificed everything so that we could know him personally. The good should be knowing Christ, not more material possessions. But not everything can be feel-good. You can't just have feel-good, feel-good sermons all the time. We need to remember that Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and follow him daily. And that's no easy task. We're going to experience suffering 
in that. So if a message is only designed to sound good to the ears of the world, it's going to miss the truth of the gospel, and it's not going to help us when we really need it. So I'd say just don't give time of day to that kind of message at all because it's not from God. The third point is that the apostle of the Bible, of the Bible, are written. Are, sorry, the apostles are our only written source of truth when they wrote the Bible. So this comes from verse six, where it says, "We are from God, and whoever knows God listens to us." But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This third and final group that John is talking about here, the we, is himself and the other disciples. This is, and this is a really interesting piece of writing coming from, like it would sound ridiculous coming from anyone else. Could you imagine someone telling you that in order for you to know God, You need to listen to me and me alone. And if you don't listen, you don't know God. It sounds ridiculous, right? Like you wouldn't accept that from anybody else. But we can accept it from an apostle. Because they knew Jesus. They really knew him personally. And they were specifically commissioned to share the truth of his revelation to the world. All the truth that we have about Jesus was written by the apostles and collected within the Bible. If you want to know how to follow Jesus, how to live for God, it needs to align with what the apostles have recorded about Jesus through the Gospels and what they've written in their letters to the church. That's our sole source of truth. Anything that we receive in the Spirit needs to be interpreted through the words of the Bible. If it doesn't match up with that, then it's not from God. So, church, as we close our message today, could I just encourage you that Whether we receive a word of God from God ourselves, or we hear a word or preaching from another person, always test that spirit. Apply John's tests and lessons. Let's ask ourselves and the Holy Spirit if what we hear with it, with the truth of Jesus, sorry, what we hear is the truth of Jesus that is revealed in the gospel. Ask if the message just sounds good, if it actually leads to God. And always compare it to the word of the Bible to test if it's really true. And let it all be an encouragement. If you receive a word from God yourself or someone else, run it through these tests. If it passes, then you know that it, that, that word has the power to bless someone and point them towards Christ. And if it doesn't pass the test, then don't be disheartened. Be happy with the fact that you dodged the enemy's tricks. The same goes for teaching. If a preacher passes the test, then you're probably in a place where you and your fellow believers will be able to learn and grow from the word. But if it doesn't, then don't bother with it. Even if it sounds nice, it isn't good for anything. So in all that we do, in all that we receive, let's learn to test the spirit so that we're always following Jesus in the right way. So as we pray today, let's just pray that God would really cement the reality of Christ in our hearts. That we would know God for who he really is and the work that he really did. 
And let's pray that all the words that we hear and all the spirits that we hear from, that God would give us discernment to only hear his truth, to trust in him alone and never listen to the words of the enemy. Let's pray. Father God, there's one thing that we can be certain of and make us so certain of it that we can just proclaim it boldly that Jesus really did come, your son, God in the world, to die for our sins so that we could know you. Let's be absolutely certain of that. And let's help us to discern each and every spirit, each and every word that we're told that we wouldn't just trust things blindly, that we would only seek for you in our own words, in our words for others. Lord, we just pray that everything would point us towards you so that we could know you more, so that we could just come and understand the reality of who you are more and more each and every day. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.